Good morning and welcome to the Ham Radio Guy. This week we'll talk about special event stations and how to go about setting them up. So stay tuned. your host Marvin it's W0MET. I just wanted to um, talk to you this week a little bit about special event stations and this came to my mind as I got some mail this week I received uh, a few more of my 13 colony QSL cards and I started thinking about why I had not received all my cards back yet so I started doing some checking on the various 13 colony sites and found that many of my answers to the questions why I had not received an answer back some of those were, hey, I work full-time, I, I can only get a few cards out of a day, you know, I work three to four hours on it, We've got thousands of cards that I get normally. And then there's the, um, you know, hey, I ran out of cards and, you know, we just had to order more so we haven't gotten them in yet. So I thought that's certainly reasonable and understandable. Uh, but this led me to a greater question. Uh, the work, you know, to put together a special event station of some size requires more than just one person for sure, and typically a group of people to get the organize uh, event organized for, uh, at that point. So, some of the thirteen county stations I know receive thousands of QSL requests, and I know how much time it took me just to fill out my request and to send them uh, for the thirteen I sent out, and that was way over two hours of time for me to get my cards printed and the address is found and labeled, send out the self-addressed stamped envelope. So if you're returning thousands of them, I can certainly be patient and wait for mine to come. So this led me to the week's topic, special event stations. Now, I've never thought about putting a, a special event station together, really. Um, but, uh, you know, I've had the opportunity a time or two, uh, maybe for the uh, club here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Uh, as I've thought about, you know, some stations that we could have warranted when the battlefield uh, had a uh, an anniversary, uh, we should have done one then. But by the time I found about it, found out about it, it was a little on the late side, so it didn't get put together at that point. And there's been a couple other events again, kind of found out a little bit late, and, and realizing how much time and work it would be to get one put together that it just wasn't possible to get the call sign and get with the coordinators and um, try and see if we could get into the event and, and run a special event stations. But now I've got a little bit more information on how to do this and some questions that I've thought about and, and that, that have probed me uh, and what it would take to get one put together in the future that I can also help you as an amateur radio operator put together your special event station in the future. And I've always found hunting special event stations very rewarding and a lot of fun and just to see if I can make contact with them and then really enjoy getting that QSL card or that certificate in the mail or being able to download it later and, and, and see my name and call sign and my response that date and, and what my, you know, uh, QSO information was. And, you know, I know we've all hunted many of the special event stations that are out there on the amateur radio bands each and every week or every month. And 
you know, thousands of us certainly searched for the KA6 LMS for the Last Man Standing show. Uh, but there's many others for hurricanes and uh, veterans, uh, different veterans uh, events, uh, battleships. Uh, again, along with the many others that are out there each and every month uh, that you can find in the QST or on the AWRL website. And, uh, you know, you can just probably type in special event stations for amateur radio and find several that way as well. Or just listen, and you may just come across them on the band somewhere. Uh, very possible. So, as we think about putting a special event station together, it's not just the planning, the publicity, the training, and technical skills to put together, you know, but, you know, the, or the contacts that you make or how many you, you make at that point. But it's really all that combined that in an organizational manner that helps ensure that the event activity is successful. And so one of the greatest challenges in, in setting up an event station that I found uh, doing a little research is getting others to understand what we do as amateur radio operators and selling that to the event coordinator, the manager, the public information officer, or maybe just the management of the event. Um, and I think one of the easiest ways is to sell them is tell them that it's free publicity and they would love that. Um, and, and you're doing that through amateur radio by letting others across the nation know about the event and, you know, that you can show examples of QSL cards and how you can get that publicity and, and information out there and even get more people to come next year to it, uh, inform more people of it uh, because of the QSL card and the contact that you'll have with hundreds, if not thousands of other amateur radio operators across the country. So, again, that free publicity is really, I think, a key uh, uh, way to try and get the uh, management or coordinator, <clears throat> excuse me, to um, you know be sold on allowing amateur radio operators into the event, and so um, you know it, it's um, you know letting others know about that uh, cause or purpose of why it's being celebrated. Uh, and let others know that it exists um, is probably one of the you know um, things to really sell them on. The first thing to consider is once you get approval to be at the event, the first things to consider is your location for operating during the event, and how will it impact the event? Uh, what part of the public interaction will you be operating uh, at? Uh, are you inside the event? Are you outside the event? And um, you know what public interaction will your will your uh, table or event have on the event itself? And some of those things you may have to think about is um, the safety of others around your station uh, from many different aspects: uh, your coax cords, your antennas, your power cords, RF exposure, uh, the safety of them tripping over them. Are they uh, well labeled or you know uh, are they are you, a, a trip hazard being prevented by some type of tape or some type of covering over the top of that so um, you know other things to think about is what type of antennas can you put up at the event are they going to be a dipole is it going to be a vertical uh, what type of antennas will work in the area so something you have to take you know each event and where you're going to set up at and look at uh, into consideration 
again, will you operate inside of the event uh, or outside of, of the event in like a venue, uh, like a park, a zoo, a field, a building? Um, will you have access to any type of Wi-Fi or internet access at that point? So certainly some things to uh, consider when you start looking at putting it together is location and the type of antennas and radios that you can use. Uh, next is the call sign for a special event station. How is it correlated to your event? Does it have meaning? Does it have significance? Can you take uh, a picture of a um, you know animal at a zoo, or can you take a picture of the of the state park the front entrance and put that on your QSL card? Uh, what is the special event about, and what kind what call sign will be best repeated over and over for the event? So. Uh, you know, W7H or K3E, um, you know, any of the other number ones that you can have. Is it going to be a one by one? Is it going to be a two by two? So, kind of brings me to the next point is, you know, how are you going to apply for your, your special event call sign? Uh, there's two ways to really go about doing it. You can go to the AWRL VEC system, they can be a helpful resource. Or you can also use like the www one by one call signs with an S.org. And they can help you get your call sign there and find the database and see other uh, call signs of, of, of event stations already in um, use and, and what might be scheduled already. So um, certainly something to look at. Now, once you've got your call sign, you've got your location where you're going to go. Um, again, coming back to publicity, um, are you going to have enough time for your club to get the publicity into a magazine a local newspaper and if you do do magazine you know uh, a magazine such as qst where they publish these special event stations quite often uh, you know they require a two-month lead time do you have that type of time in advance to do that for planning and coordinating so something to think about as well how many qsl cards are you going to need um, what is going to be the digital design or the print and cost of them are you going to do a certificate? Is it going to be downloadable? Or are you going to mail it out? If you mail it out, who's paying for the shipping and printing of the cost being covered? Is it donated donations from a local office supply store? Is it someone doing it from their home printer? Um, you know, How are you covering that? So, um, How long is it going to take to get those QSL cards printed and shipped to you? So, A lot of things to think about there as well. Um, while you're at the event, do you have a club banner you can put up for the special event to let people know what you're doing uh, and, and what the special event is? Can you make the QSL card or your banner match and, and look, you know, look similar to each other? Uh, will it draw attention to others that have questions about what you're doing there? Um, are you going to advertise what bands you're going to operate on? Which mode you're going to use? Are you going to be on 20 meters, 40 meters? Uh, just, are you just local VHF? Um, we use digital or single sideband CW and so uh, how are the RF conditions at the event location uh, you might either have sound systems and other things that could cause some interference uh, possibly uh, you could have a lot of static or ground noise maybe it's next to a uh, you know some electrical lines running through the area uh, maybe over the park somewhere so how is that going to affect your operations and what does that look like other questions to think about is how many hours are you going to 
operate for this event? And will you have enough operators uh, signed up for the, to run the event during that time period? So is this just a one-day thing, or is this the multiple days? Um, is your club going to be enough to you know, have enough operators that, that are willing or voluntary or have schedules available to possibly uh, run that special event stations for multiple days? Can you involve other clubs with it? So some things to certainly um, consider and think about as you set up your special event station and the next time you want to put one together. And, uh, again, it's something I've learned a lot during this research I did and what it takes to put one together. So I hope that this is uh, helpful for you and that uh, you can certainly enjoy this um, podcast and, and, you know, hit the subscribe button in it and that you'll find something new and interesting each and every time we bring you the latest news and information and something new each week in the podcast here. And with that, let's switch over to a little bit of news here. So, from the AWRL uh, local news, the Bridger Land Amateur Radio Club in northern Utah received nearly an $18,000 grant from the nonprofit Amateur Radio Digital Communications, also known as ARDC, to fund the club's initiatives to engage and, and educate youth in amateur radio through the hands on space science activities. So, this grant is going to further the STEM education in some local schools. Uh, which is critical to uh, the continuing uh, high-tech economy in the state of Utah. And so the Bridgerland uh, Amateur Radio Club in Utah set out an 18-month timeline to proposed activities, which would include amateur radio on the International Space Station, uh, making contact between students in a local school and a member of the ISS crew. They'll also do hands-on workshops to build and launch a high-altitude balloon and amateur radio payload and other youth-oriented hands-on operating events. Another component of this initiative would include training local amateur radio operators to use the ground station equipment to prepare them to mentor students. So, uh, very cool uh, and uh, it's a very great program uh, that the Bridgeland Amateur Radio Club is doing in Northern Utah. So, very cool. Uh, Further, I would like to congratulate Faith Lee KD3Z for being awarded the Amateur Radio Newsline Young Ham of the Year for 2021. This has been put on by the uh, Amateur Radio Newsline um, for a number of years Uh, and Hannah is a resident of Palm Coast, Florida. comes from an all-ham family. She began her amateur radio career at the age of 10 in 2014. And since then, she's been on many de-expeditions, including South Africa and the Dry Torgas, I believe if I pronounce that right, uh, in the Gulf of Mexico. And she's currently enrolled as a junior in the Stetson University in Florida, uh, or she's currently enrolled as a junior at Stetson University in Florida, pursuing um, medicine or law degree, or she may decide to do both. She wasn't sure yet, so... And from other world news, the special event station, HS18, 
I-A-R-U, is now active in all bands. Uh, that is Thailand's National Broadcasting and Telecommunications Commission granted the call sign to promote the 18th Annual International Amateur Radio Union Region 3 Conference from September to 23rd, hosted by the Amateur Radio Society of Thailand. An online log is available, and again, they are promoting... Um, their special event station, as we talked about just a little bit ago, HS18IARU. And so feel free to reach out to them uh, for that special event station as well. Well, that brings this week's uh, podcast to a close. Uh, again, I want to thank each and every listener for joining us uh, on this podcast and hope that uh, you will hit the subscribe button and be notified as new podcasts are released. Thank you. I say 73 from the ham radio guy, W0MET.